0: Welcome to the Voices of STEM podcast, a podcast highlighting the stories of marginalized students on their journey to become STEM professionals. Each Monday, you'll get a deeper look into the lives of a current STEM student told through their successes, challenges, and complexities. I'm your host, Dr. Stacy Dutton. Thank you for joining us for episode two of the Voices of STEM podcast. The responses we've received from the first episode have been so heartwarming. Thank you for everyone who has tuned in thus far. I also wanted to mention that these stories are completely anonymous and this is purposeful as it allows our participant the opportunity to tell their stories completely free and without judgment. So our ultimate goal is to create a safe space that they can be vulnerable and tell their truths. So if you're interested in also telling your story, please feel free to contact us at thevoicesofstem at gmail.com. So that's thevoicesofstem at gmail.com. I'll be sure to include it in the description of this week's episode. So this week's story focuses on a young woman and her trajectory to become a physician assistant or commonly termed just a PA. And so for those of you who are not familiar with what a PA is, they are essentially medical professionals who diagnose illnesses, develop and manage treatment plans, prescribe medications, and often serve as a patient's principal health care provider. It's an exciting and growing career option to consider, especially for those who are interested in patient care. So without further delay, let's get into this week's story.
1: Hello. Hello. First and foremost, I just want to say thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak. And I want to thank all of those who are going to listen to my story. So I am an African-American woman, a Georgia native, and I attended college in Georgia. I graduated in 2017 with a major in neuroscience, and I currently work for a tech company in software sales. So I decided that I wanted to pursue a career in the healthcare industry when I was in high school. I played several sports throughout middle school and high school and was subjected to several injuries along the way. I admired the compassion and the dedication the healthcare professionals had for me and I quickly grew a passion for it and felt like I had a calling for it. So I knew I wanted to become either a physical therapist, a physician assistant, and or a doctor. My mother has been my number one driving force and motivation my entire life, as well as my aunties. I was the baby, well, I am the baby of the family, so honestly, everyone pushed me to be the best that I could be. And every time my aunt would see me, she would always sing the song, Pay Attention, by, well, I think it was originally created from the Sister Act movie. Side note, if you haven't watched it, you really should, because it's a good movie with great actors, and it's a classic. But anyway, she would always sing that to me and the lyrics are literally ingrained in my head. If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you have to wake up and pay attention. So that was a big motivation for me and a constant reminder to put my best foot forward in everything that I do. As I got to college, one of my professors took me under her wing and became a mentor and an idol that I always looked up to and still do. Um, My experience was great as a STEM major I also got a lot of professional experience. Some opportunities I created myself and some with the help of professors and my mentor. As I mentioned, I wanted to become a physical therapist, physician assistant, or doctor. In order for me to narrow my positions down or these options down, I decided to find shadowing opportunities in each position. I tore my ACL two times in high school and tore it for the third time my freshman year in college from playing basketball. I also had a great relationship with the doctor that reconstructed my knee in high school and reached out to him for a shadowing opportunity. I shadowed him and a colleague of his and learned that I really enjoyed orthopedic surgery. Ironically enough, the surgeon that reconstructed my knee my freshman year of college trained the surgeon that did my first two knee surgeries in high school. I told my second surgeon, I told him what my interests were, and he set me up with the shadowing opportunity at their physical therapy clinic. I also babysat while in college, and one of the parents I babysat for was a family medicine doctor. I built a good relationship with her, and she connected me with a family friend that was a physician assistant for family medicine. So I was able to shadow him as well. And so I did all of these shadowing opportunities early on in my college career. And by the beginning of my sophomore year, I knew I wanted to either become a physician assistant or a surgeon. Luckily, the prerequisites for both careers were very similar. And the major that made the most sense to me that included the majority of the prerequisites was neuroscience. One of the biggest differences between going to physician assistant school or medical school is with PA school, You have to have clinical hours and shadowing experience. It is a requirement. So outside of shadowing, I had to find ways to get clinical experience. I decided to go to EMT school. And my junior junior summer and going into my senior year, I was in EMT school, which lasted for roughly six months. And towards the end of the class, you're able to go into the hospital for two weeks and gain hands-on clinical experience. And of course, take your certification to become a certified EMT. So that's what I did. I didn't start working as an EMT because it ended shortly before I studied abroad. And I didn't want to put too much stress on myself my senior year. However, the two weeks that I worked in the hospital and out of the ambulance truck is still clinical experience that will count towards the hours that are needed for PA school. Outside of shadowing, I also did a lot of research. These opportunities weren't handed to me either. I either had to apply and interview for these opportunities or be in good academic standing. My first research experience was with my mentor. I'll keep it brief, but I studied the efficacy of ginger and neurotoxic cells. My second research opportunity was abroad and I studied marine biology. My third research opportunity was at the zoo And my focus was on the behavior of elephants in captivity. This sounds like a lot, but honestly, this is nowhere near the end of my story, but I'll try to stay as as brief as possible. I was also a lab assistant for a year and a half. So not only was I getting good experience, I was also being paid for it. On top of all of these various opportunities, I played college basketball and was a part of other various organizations as well. Being a marginalized person in STEM was probably one of my greatest challenges at first. Despite my grades and all the experiences that I had, um, all the experience I had, I felt I still wouldn't be equally considered to schools or even for jobs as my white and male counterparts would. I also don't don't come from a family of healthcare professionals, so the pressure of knowing that I could potentially become the first doctor in my family was sometimes very overwhelming. A few years ago, I did not see that many healthcare professionals or scientists or tech innovators that looked like me, and oftentimes I fell victim to the imposter syndrome. If you aren't aware of the imposter syndrome, I strongly suggest looking into it and learning more about it. But in a nutshell, the imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which one doubts one's accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a quote unquote fraud. For me, the biggest fear was feeling like I wasn't good enough or smart smart enough, which oftentimes caused me to not speak up in class at times or not speak up at events. I got to a point where I felt like I lost my voice. Um, but the best way I managed this was to surround myself with like-minded people. A good friend of mine started the NAACP chapter at our school, and eventually we started having these conversations and supported one another to help find our voices. We We empowered one another and constantly reminded each other that we are more than enough. Also, being around my mentor was like being around pure greatness. I love her so much. (laughs) She was a black, well, she is a black woman with her PhD in neuroscience. And at the time, she was conducting research while being a professor at a PWI. And if you aren't aware what a PWI is, it's a predominantly white institution. Her guidance and mentorship was unwavering, and I will forever be grateful for the relationship we have. Since then, of course, I have flipped that mindset and used my experience to my advantage. I know that sounds kind of silly, like, of course, you're supposed to use your experience to your advantage, but it's not always the easiest being a minority and being a woman of color with big dreams in a field where majority, where the majority doesn't look like you. My greatest success is honestly being the person who I am today. I overcame a lot that helped me build this tenacious spirit and mindset. And honestly, sometimes I feel like I can take on the world. I have so much experience and I am such a well-rounded person that I truly believe I can do whatever I put my mind to. After college, I needed more clinical experience for PA school. So for the following year, I worked as a teacher with kids with, I worked as a teacher for kids with autism and part-time I worked as a pharmacy technician. While both jobs were rewarding, I got to a point where I wanted to make more money, just being quite frank. Um, And I started working for Corporate America while still working part-time as a pharmacy technician. After I gained enough clinical hours for PA school, I decided to take the GRE and apply to school. Because I was working two jobs, I honestly didn't dedicate enough time to study for the GRE. So I made a mediocre score and held off from applying because I just felt that it wasn't the best timing and that my scores weren't where they needed to be. After some time of working with corporate America, I kept questioning myself like, what am I doing? Why am I washing cars and I have a whole neuroscience major? Thankfully, God removed that job from my life and I started working at the company I am currently at now in software sales. I am not in medical or PA school yet and still have aspirations of doing so, but I can honestly say I'm glad I found my way back to the STEM field. I have a job that I that is mentally challenging, stimulating, and invigorating. Plus, it pays really well, so that's always good as well. Um, and just to wrap it up, the advice that I have for marginalized for a more marginalized person interested in STEM is to always remember that you are more than enough. You are needed in in the STEM field. Set yourself apart. Gain the experience that is necessary for you to thrive in your field of choice. Networking is key. Build those professional relationships now so that they are already set in stone when you graduate. LinkedIn will and should be your best friend. I honestly checked LinkedIn just as much as I get on Instagram or any other social platforms. Maintain your relationships with your professors, your mentors, and your classmates. If you are interested in becoming a healthcare professional, make sure you are shadowing these professionals to get a glimpse of what your future life will look like. Apply for internships. They are everywhere. All the jobs I have had and my current job offers internships. Do your research and make sure you are going above and beyond for what is required for school and or for a job. Find research opportunities. It is always good to have research experience on your resume. Also, get volunteer experience. I forgot to mention, but I volunteered at a cancer institute and gained great experience and actually made several friends. Schools and employers love college athletes, but if you're not athletic, that's okay. Just make sure you are active on campus. They want to see that you take initiative and you can be a leader. Make sure you broaden your experience and be a part of several organizations to make you a more favorable candidate for the job or for the school. It's one thing to have good grades, but you need to have that additional experience that will set you apart from other people. Also, don't let your first no deter you. Use that as motivation. If you fall, stand tall and come back for more. Honestly, after you graduate, you'll probably learn more about yourself as you are transitioning into a professional, and you may at a point, you may be at a point where you are channeling your inner child that had different dreams than the dreams you had in college and if you find that your desires or your dreams change, that's okay just make sure you're chasing you're chasing your dreams I'm not saying don't be focused because once you graduate it will require a lot of maturing and discipline but also be cognizant of what it is you truly want to do to wrap it up you are the master of your fate and the captain of your ship I am wishing you the best in your future endeavors Go out and be great. The world needs you.
0: I want to wish this week's STEM voice much success as she works towards her career goals. Her story made me want to look just a bit deeper into the potential disparities in the PA profession. So I went to PubMed and found a few interesting studies. I want to highlight one for the topic today. And this study was conducted in 2009 by Smith et al., And specifically, they looked at racial and gender disparities in the PA profession. They surveyed over 19,000 PAs for this particular study and found some very interesting, but not quite surprising demographic findings. So the first thing that I found that was kind of interesting that the participants identified primarily as male. And so there were 65% of them were identified as male versus 35% uh, as female. And again, this is out of 19,000 participants. Also... 89% 89% identified themselves as white, compared to 3% as black, 4% as Hispanic, 4% as Asian, and 1.1% as other. Now, this is kind of surprising, but not really, because it's kind of more reflective on what we see on the larger scale in this society. And really, it just begs the fact that we really need to do more work to diversify important areas of medical care. Make sure to follow us on social media at Voices of STEM on IG and Twitter. See you next week.